0: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and (laughs) scorenorth.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome into Purple Daily. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff. The Vikings made a trade. The Vikings have replaced Michael Pierce. Maybe. Probably not, though, because Michael Pierce has potential to be awesome. But they did make a trade. We'll talk about it here after we uh, give a quick tip of the cap to Federated Mutual Insurance Company helping business owners in the state of Minnesota for over 100 years. This is not the year to be uncertain about your insurance company slash partnership. You want that frontline protection. You want that peace of mind. You want to make sure that something is is happening or is, is going wrong with your business in some way that you've got that protection. Federatedinsurance.com to find a full list of resources. And remember, at Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. Mm -hmm. So Purple Daily, PJ Hall, the Vikings traded for former second-round pick. They traded a conditional seventh-round pick to the Raiders for PJ Hall, gentlemen. And just summarizing, so Arif Hassan does uh, draft deep dives and analytics for The Athletic here covering the Vikings And he talked about really liking P.J. Hall from a measurable standpoint and and that the Vikings look at some of these same measurables as maybe like a fourth or a fifth round pick, a mid-round pick in 2018. He winds up going as a second round pick because the Raiders always reach for guys with good measurables, it seems like, in the draft. Uh, But now the Raiders were on the verge of cutting him, and so the Vikings swooped in. Um, looking for interior defensive line help here, at least some depth and some competition. Right, and they give up that conditional seventh round pick. So,
1: your thoughts, Judge Zolgad, on PJ Hall in purple? Um, it's as you just said. I think a depth move, and I think with Pierce gone, so it sounds like PJ Hall might actually translate more to a three tech than nose tackle because he's not he he got in trouble. With the Raiders last year, it sounds like for showing up sort of fat, but it doesn't sound like he is necessarily a natural fat man. And, and so, that, unlike Judd Zoltec, that might well, you know, some of us carry weight easily and some of us have to work to do so. And I unfortunately carry it very easily. But anyway, um, my guess here is that this is a depth move, not assuring themselves that he's going to make the roster, and in fact, the seventh-round conditional pick only, I think, goes to Vegas if and when he makes the Vikings roster. So if he gets cut, I think they don't owe uh, that pick to the uh, Raiders. But that being said, you now have Shamar Steffen, Jaleel Johnson, Jalen Holmes, Armin Watts, Hercules, Bada'afu, James Lynch, and I believe it's David Moy. And so I think what we're going to see here is a team that very much is going to – in the time it has to practice, which is not going to be a ton of time, that's going to try and sort through depth here to see who can do what. And I wouldn't be, I'm not going to be shocked, you guys, if we see a bit more of a rotation inside just because of that. Because if this if this had been Michael Pierce, Michael Pierce plays a ton, right? He yeah. plays on first down, second down, yep. might come out then. Uh, I'm not going to be shocked. If the season starts and when it starts, if what we get is largely inside a bit more of a rotational because there are no exhibition games, Phil, just to sort of ascertain and find out who can do what, because to a certain degree, that's not going to be a known until you actually play guys in games. And Shamar Stefan is, I think, considered the one sure thing. And he's really not that
0: good. So here's here's something. This might blow your mind a little bit here, right? So all one, right. Of the, one of the first things I like to do is with interior offensive and defensive linemen. And really, really all offensive linemen and specifically interior defensive linemen. Guys that you just, when you're watching a game, like as an amateur, a fan of football, a guy who doesn't break down film from a scouting perspective, I can let you know, if a wide receiver has it or not, right? Like I'm, I'm watching quarterbacks, wide receivers, Mm -hmm. cornerbacks, you know, edge rushers, playmakers at the linebacker level. Like if you watch enough football, you can kind of tell who the fast athletic guys are, who can catch, et cetera. It's really hard to evaluate unless you're a scout interior defensive lineman, and really interior offensive linemen, unless they get beat. Like, oh, the
1: left guard just got put
0: on a Pat, swivel. Pat
1: offline, not too hard okay. last year.
0: So I do lean on pro football focus for some of these things, and here's what's going to blow your mind. Yep. Last season, okay, yep. interior defensive linemen that played at least 50% of their team's snaps. There were 74 of them in the NFL, okay? So 74 guys played at least half the snaps. The number one graded defensive lineman in that category was Aaron Donald, not shockingly. He's an all-time great. He's going to go down his... One of the greatest defensive linemen to ever play the game. Cameron Hayward, Calais Campbell, um, Fletcher Cox is in this discussion, and uh, Linval Joseph has usually been in this discussion, too. Out of 74, uh-huh. PJ Hall ranked 36th last year, so right in the middle, league uh-huh. average. Michael Pierce, 40th for Baltimore. Now, Michael Pierce had a down year by many different measurements and accounts, and it's part of the reason why the Vikings were able to buy low on him this offseason. Michael Pierce was regarded as one of the best graded uh, interior defensive linemen in the NFL the two years prior to that. So Michael Pierce has been better at his peak. We caught him in a down year with these grades. But it is interesting that the Vikings, just for a conditional seventh-round pick, Mm -hmm. just picked up a former second-round guy with big-time measurables that actually, according to Pro Football Focus, was graded better in 2019 than Michael Pierce was.
1: Just so you're saying it might I'm, be a very good trade. I'm not saying he's better you than are, Michael Pierce. You are I'm just saying that, it out there. That, that Pierce's d- decision to opt out actually helps because you went and got a superior <laughs> player, according to PFF, from 2019. Say, listen, That's what you're trying to tell me. Whether Michael Pierce
0: is is on the roster or not, I think trading a conditional seventh-round pick for the upside well, of PGL yeah. is a great move, period. Keep
1: in mind, Rick Spielman traded a fifth-round pick for a kicker that they cut. Yeah, that's so. The conditional move. seventh round pick, yes, all day long. Yeah,
0: they've they've uh, they and they used a fifth round pick on a kicker that they cut as well a couple years okay, ago. Okay, yeah. So, so you
1: know what, a conditional seventh round pick for a potential interior D lineman who might help you, I'm okay with that. Yeah.
0: Now I don't expect him to come in and just be the, the you know the starter in place right. of Michael Pierce, but if he adds depth and if you can trade a seventh round pick for a guy
1: that has the upside to be much better, uh-huh. it's a good trade in my book. But this is what is going to be so intriguing about the 2020 season to me. Think about how competitions are going to un- unfold and how they're going to change. Because you don't have an exhibition game. Y- you have training camp, but my God, the practice time full pads is incredibly small, right? So th- this is going to be, what you know, and it could be P.J. Hall at the three technique or nose tackle, or we could be talking about Gladney at cornerback. You are honestly going to have to go into into the early season games, Phil, almost conducting competitions. Yeah. Like you are you are not going to see enough from a guy on the field in your jersey to unequivocally say he has earned this role. It's almost going to be more like, okay, I think that he can do it and let's see and then adjusting from there. I mean, this this for the most part doesn't have to take place because you play enough Preseason games, practices, it doesn't mean that things don't change, but I think the competitions ordinarily by week one sort of play themselves out. Don't you agree?
0: I agree. Yeah. Mike Zimmer, yeah, he was quoted. I don't have the direct quote in front of me, but he was quoted as saying that there's going to be a lot of guys that the decision would have been more clear cut had you seen them play four preseason games, specifically because you, you get to watch them play and react against other teams. Now, those teams aren't necessarily scheming the way that they would be in the regular season, but... Like it's different players, it's it's play calls that you don't know. Like you're not practicing uh, practicing against the same system every single day. Um, so I, I think here here's one other benefit for for PJ Hall coming aboard for the Vikings here, and it's kind of what you just mentioned. In his career, two years, he's at least played over a thousand NFL regular season snaps. Uh-huh. And if you start to rank all of the Vikings defensive linemen based on how many regular season NFL snaps have you played, he's not he's not at the bottom. And and he's and he's I don't have it no. all in front of me. It's probably closer to like top three, top I mean, well, Daniel Hunter is is up there. Um Shamar Stefan has played some snaps. Interior
1: but, though, he's top three, right? Yeah,
0: I mean he he brings actual in a season in which there is no preseason Correct and there's been no practicing and no pads, and we're sitting here in early August, a guy who has actually put pads on and played over a thousand NFL snaps, I think that type of experience matters more in two thousand twenty
1: than it normally would. PJ Hall, most incredible stat. During the course of his collegiate career, Sam Houston State. Did you see this? Fourteen block kicks. What? He must be a freakish athlete. Fourteen he block
0: brought, kicks. No. Okay. Who, who is Sam Houston 14, State playing? Here? I don't care. A second round NFL I talent. I don't
1: care if you. I don't care if you did this at Buffalo High School. I'd be impressed. Fourteen block kicks.
0: I mean, Sam Houston State can't be playing. A okay, bunch so of you're going to take this
1: great stat that I gave you about P.J. Hall <laughs> and, and, and urinate on a on a factoid. It's a great that factoid. Is, is, is just fantastic because it shows that he is an athletic
0: marvel. Is this the type of thing that Rick Spielman and the Vikings analytics department could be looking at? You got to play laugh. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You can't. You can't ask that question without. you <laughs> Do you think the Vikings are more interested in, Ask in P.J. Hall Ask as an interior defensive lineman on second down <laughs> or as a guy who can block two kicks this season and maybe change a game?
1: All I know is late in a playoff game, if, you know, let's say the opposing kicker is setting up a kick from, uh, let's say, 27 yards theoretically, and you think you're going to lose the game for sure because you're only up by a couple, and then P.J. Hall flies through. And I blocks hate to
0: buzzkill you, but uh, Sam Houston State last year. They played Oklahoma Panhandle, McNeese State,
1: Lamar, Nichols Lamar, State, Nichols. and Central Arkansas. Do you know Wonder Do you know how good the kickers in that conference yeah, are? Yeah, man. I'm not quite sure what the conference is, but do you know how good the
0: kickers <laughs> are? They're very precise, and clearly they kick low-profile kicks over the line. I'm oh, not taking anything away from, from P.J. <laughs> Hall. Anyway, but. I just
1: wanted to give you that. <laughs> P.J. Hall is an athlete.
0: Okay, so now that the Vikings have P.J. Hall, and we've talked about We think this is a good trade. There's some upside here. How do you feel overall if this is the Vikings? Let's say Everson Griffin doesn't come back. And this is, all right, Michael Pierce is gone. Yep. Um, They they weren't able to secure Everson Griffin in free agents. He goes and plays for the Packers or something. I mean, scale of 1 to 10, comfort level with this defensive line going into the season. 10 being absolutely comfortable. 1 being complete train wreck.
1: Daniel Hunter, I think, is going to continue to be very, very good, probably... Maybe outstanding. Um, the right end, Fetty, I think is fine. Uh, on the scale of one to ten, I'm going to give them a five because I like the end still. I'm curious the about uh, Denbo Aden- makes. But here, me- okay, but 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 here's the one. Here's the one thing. In fairness to the, the conversation that we are having right now, that I think has to be um, entered into the equation. There's a lot of teams in the same predicament. Like there's a lot of fat guys who have opted out. There's a lot of teams. So if if this was just a Vikings pandemic thing, I'd be like, oh, that's not good, right? But the face of this league and, and with the amount of guys that have opted out, and I think they've drawn up the deadline is Thursday or Friday of this week as the end of the time in which you can opt out and still get consideration for compensation and things like that. It's probably a five, but I say that fully knowing that a lot of teams also are facing the same circumstance, which if I'm the Vikings makes me feel better because the playing field, for instance, with the Bears, Phil, is evened out a lot.
0: Uh, yeah, that's that's a fair summation. I think my biggest question with the defensive line is if you've got Daniel Hunter, who appears to be an all-time great talent and headed maybe down a Hall of Fame trajectory, and then the other three guys at any given point, even though there's going to be rotations, are just kind of you know they're just kind of guys. If they if they just have a bunch of guys, just league average, right? Non needle moving players. How much damage can Deniel Hunter do? You know if 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 and offenses are already focusing on Deniel Hunter, like he's already seeing double teams and chips on a regular basis. And he might and still more, gets his fifteen. And he sacks. might see
1: more now too. But like can
0: he still do as much damage? And can the line as a whole do as much damage because of the attention being paid to Daniil Hunter? I'm trying to think of another example in recent Vikings history. And I don't know if I can. I mean, you might have to go back to the 90s when it was John. But even with John Randall, there was always like a Chris Dolman early well, on or late. This,
1: this year is going to be weird. And here here's my biggest concern about the defensive line as a whole with the interior having been Adversely impacted by Pierce not playing, okay? So Pierce was brought in to replace Joseph, who at his height, at his prime, was just an outstanding player. Joseph's play was starting to deteriorate, and I think the Vikings did the wise thing, which is what you should do in football, which is probably a year too early. Just say, yep. uh, game, set, match, you're done. Okay, so if Pierce comes in and he's the big player, Bodied guy. Now, Joseph was probably more of an athlete that could actually uh, push the pocket. But if Pierce was just your run stuffing type of guy here, that helps Kendricks a lot and Barr a lot, right? Because then they actually can make more plays because Pierce is potentially eating up figuratively one or two guys on the line. (laughs) and, And so it frees up Kendricks and Barr. That's probably gone now. And so my biggest curiosity and my biggest um, trepidation about the defensive line isn't so much can they get a push on the pocket, because I think the guys from the end will do that because Daniel is still an outstanding player. My biggest concern is the run game against. Football. Because <laughs> if you're undersized or your guys don't eat up blockers, that becomes a problem, and so I'm actually far more concerned about what is going to transpire in Zim's beloved A-gap when it comes to the rush game against the Vikings.
0: You know, there is another factor here. We talk a lot about Mike Zimmer's ability to mold young cornerbacks and turn guys like Xavier Rhodes into all-pro caliber players like he did a few years ago. Um, they've also done that with Anthony Harris, too, at the safety position. Mm-hmm not enough has been talked about the way that this team develops defensive linemen too. Daniel Hunter is exhibit a, like taking a guy who, all right, if you perform at your best, you can be the best in the NFL. How do we get you to perform at your best? It's not just, well, go out there and rush the passer, right? Like there's technique, there's teaching, there's all kinds of nuance and massaging of players like that. That goes into, you know, getting them to their 95th percentile as a defensive edge rusher. Um, Linval Joseph is a great example of this, too. And I'm, I'm again going to use pro football focus ratings here. He spent four years with the New York Giants before then spending six years with the Vikings, which I can't believe Linval Joseph was here for six years. Right. Time flies. That's 2014. amazing. Yep, 2014 through yeah. 19. So his, his d- overall defensive grades with the New York Giants from rookie year to his fourth year, 53. This is on a 1 to 100 scale. 53, 66, 72, 73. When you get into the 70s, like, it means you're a pretty good player. You're at least league average player. First year with the Vikings, he was a 71. Then all of a sudden he jumped to a 91, and 80, and a 90.4 yep. in his middle three years. That is not an accident. That's not just, well, he's a little older now. That is development. That is system. That is all the things that Mike Zimmer and the coaching staff bring to the table. And so who's to say that you can't put eventually Michael Pierce in 2021 or a PJ Hall or any number of these young players that they've drafted. Yep into that same ecosystem and have them see similar productivity jumps.
1: Worth Zim, noting. Zim's two pride and joys as far as, I think, development on defense, which is his life's work, I believe are two positions. Corners, absolutely. But the one that we don't talk about, interior, defensive line. And that that's why we, we see these football-y football breakdowns. Football. And it, this goes back to Mike's time with the Bengals. On what transpires in the A gap and what transpires as far as development and and why those guys become so good, the, the three tech and nose tackle and why they're so important. Corner is a sexy spot, right? And so we love to talk about it. And and you know Mike develops roads and roads for the time that he was good became unbelievably good. And so that's an easy position to hone in on. To your point, Phil, and talk about because if a corner stops a top-notch receiver, it's obvious. Yeah, And we can talk about it, and and we can all break it down. Um, interior d- defensive line play is harder to talk about. It's harder to break down. But I think if you were to sit down w- with Mike and say, take me through the fundamentals of what has made your defenses so good and what you pride yourself the most on developing, I think he would say nose tackle, three tack corners.
0: It's, it's such an unglamorous job Football. sometimes. Yeah. And actually, Pat Williams is the best example of this as an interior defensive lineman and a different defensive scheme and and his role was different and his skill set was different than Linval Joseph's, for instance. But, but Pat Williams, if you look at some of the stats, like his sack totals or his tackles, like he wasn't generating stats. He wasn't generating Aaron Donald productivity, right? His job was literally for three hours to take up opposing offensive well, players so that his teammates could run around and, and make Kevin, plays.
1: especially. Yes. I mean, Kevin was a great player, but w- when he played beside Pat, he, he was so effective because Pat ate up so much room. And and the thing with Pat that made him special to me was this one. He was a big fat man, but he had skinny legs. And he had, <laughs> and I'm not joking, you guys, he had the feet of a ballerina. Like his footwork, he actually got pressure on quarterbacks. But his body, his torso was just so big, and his girth was so big. But yes, that is where I I would compare the the work of a good nose tackle and the interior defensive line to sort of a plumber. Incredibly important, but you're like, oh, I wouldn't want that job.
0: Now I can just picture Pat Williams in a ballerina tutu, like just no, you had the Just ruined my image of Big Pat Williams, man. You ruined my image of Big Pat Williams. Well, Mm-mm. sorry just, about that. Just to to illustrate my statistical point here, uh Pat Williams at his most productive point as a Viking, he and he spent almost a decade with the Bills, and then went to the Vikings in his thirties. Mm-hmm. So. We would all agree watching him with the Vikings, and he made multiple Pro Bowls, and and he was just at the center of those great run stopping defensive teams. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll just pick out a random season. So two thousand eight, the Vikings had the best run stopping defense in the NFL. Jared Allen had come into the mix. Pat Williams had one sack and thirty one tackles. Yeah, and he was one of the most productive best defensive players in the NFL. Yep, because he took up space. So anyways, I love, this, this I love fun, those tackles, fun, by the way. I love, love those tackles. So I guess what we're saying is Mike Zimmer and his staff know how to work wonders with some of these. But can uh, you do players. it without
1: time and practice? That's my question. I mean, that's what's we'll going to be out. so tough here. You we don't have those things. They
0: have a better shot. Virtual meeting. Because PJ Hall has played two full seasons in the NFL and actually knows. Like, think about this real quick before you wrap. Some of these rookies don't even know like how strong, if you're an offensive lineman, you don't know how strong Aaron Donald is because you've never played against a player like that before. Right. And so part of, even like in the preseason, part of playing preseason football is just getting a feel for how fast and strong NFL players yeah. that aren't on your team are. And so if you have the advantage of putting veterans in certain spots in 2020, it actually serves you better than it would. Anyways, that's a wrap on a very meat and episode. And potatoes. they didn't trade episode. for a kicker,
1: Phil. That's the most important <laughs> oh. thing. They didn't trade a draft pick for a kicker.
0: A very meat and potatoes episode. I, don't, I didn't think we were going to get 20 full minutes
1: out of PJ Hall discussion, oh, but here we are. We could have gone on forever. We could have talked about Jerry Ball. Wow. We'll do a Gilbert Jerry Ball. Gilbert Brown, Jerry who Ball the Vikings episode. gave up on and then had a great career with the Packers. Was Al
0: Noga? Al Noga was a defensive tackle, wasn't he? I think he was. Back in the early 90s? I think 90s. he
1: was. I think he might have, yeah, he might have been a three-tech. He might not have been a nose tackle. I'm not I, positive I just on remember, that I one. remember
0: him from Tecmo Super Bowl. He was always one of my favorites. Al was and a nice him player. Henry Thomas. I liked Al.
1: Yep. nice player
0: so thanks for hanging out with us here we we encourage our our youtube channel uh, the viking centric youtube channel we have two youtube channels our viking centric stuff is youtube.com slash score north and we're almost up to nine thousand subscribers so please click that subscribe button and help us get over the top and uh, the other one is just youtube.com slash mackie judd where you can find all of our twins discussions write that down and uh, action movie rewinds and things like that we'll see you next time on purple daily